Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where for Thanksgiving this year, put the turkey away, switch things up a bit, and like the Lakers, opt for some honey-baked ham. That's honey-baked Darwin ham. And (laughs) it's that time of the year to be grateful. And at least we can be grateful that we're not the Brooklyn Nets. So that's something, I guess. All right, well, anyways, I'm your host, Jonathan Hernandez, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Tommy Alexander. Tommy, hello. Oh, hey. Happy Thanksgiving week. Same to you. Thank you. Um, So for today's episode, we will not be talking about any specific Lakers games or what's going on with the team on the court. We won't even be talking about this terrible front office. Today is another one of those standalone evergreen episodes where we will go macro, way macro, and zoom out and talk about... 2023 free agency so this is going to be an early look into the 2023 free agency market and then after we do that we will also look at some newer russell westbrook and non-russell westbrook trades that the lakers could look at as futile a venture as that seems because we know they likely won't do anything but we will look at some new trade ideas and proposals anyways um before we get to all that though for this holiday season if you've been any bit grateful for this podcast providing you any sense of catharsis during these tumultuous times in Lakers Nation, we would very much love it if you could please shoot us a five-star Apple podcast rating and review, and more especially if you could also give us a five-star rating on Spotify. All it takes is one simple thumb tap on our Spotify page to cure hunger in Mongolia. How that works, who knows, but just trust us. And also, thank you in advance. Okay, so let's get on with our show. Well, for this holiday season, I thought, right before we get into, well, actually, we're right in the smack dab in the middle of Mariah Carey, what's the Christmas song that she sings? All I Want for Christmas is You. We're right smack dab in the middle of that season, in spite of the fact that we haven't reached December yet. But for this Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You season, I thought, what better way to celebrate Thanksgiving than by discarding the present and looking forward to the future and what you could potentially be grateful for next summer? It makes sense, right? And so for this standalone Thanksgiving stopgap episode, that's exactly what Tommy and I will do. We will take a quick look ahead into 2023 free agency and see whether preserving cap space is worth it for the Lakers, given the market of available players in 2023. So, Tommy, are you ready to carve this 2023 free agency turkey up and see what we got? Hell yeah. All right, let's base this turkey. 
Um, okay, so here's a quick list of the top unrestricted free agents. Kyrie Irving, Ugh. Jeremy Grant, Miles Turner, Christian Wood, Nikola Vucevic, Harrison Barnes, D'Angelo Russell, Kelly Oubre, Jakob Pertl. So there's a cutoff line there after Nikola Vucevic where we get to Harrison Barnes, D'Angelo Russell, Kelly Oubre, and Jakob Pertl. But that is pretty much, those are the best unrestricted free agents, okay? Uh, Moving on to players with player options who might opt out, we've got Draymond Green at the top. He might opt in, actually, given how much he's making, but Draymond Green. Chris Middleton, so that's an interesting name. I don't necessarily know if he'll opt out because he's making like 40 plus million, but Chris Middleton is there with a player option. Kyle Kuzma, that's a guy who I think for sure will opt out and be a free agent on the market. Kuzman. Kuzman. And then in, in a similar sort of vein, Gary Trent Jr. I think he will opt out and get paid more than he's currently making or right along the same lines maybe. So Kuzma, Gary Trent Jr., Bogdan Bogdanovich of the Atlanta Hawks. And then here are the two prize guys who, if they opt out, I feel like they would kind of cause a little bit of a frenzy. Fred Van Vliet of the Toronto Raptors. And lower end of the rung, Chris Stapps Porzingis, if he opts out. Um, Some restricted free agents, there's Cam Johnson, PJ Washington, Grant Williams, and James Harden. Um, But out of those players... Are there any who you would actually give the full max to? Or let's say the full $35 million that the Lakers could potentially have. And when I say the Lakers could potentially have $35 million, I'm saying they don't retain Lonnie Walker. They don't retain Patrick Beverly. They pretty much don't retain anyone from this year's team but LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Austin Reeves, $2 million cap hold, and maybe Max Christie, and some of the ancillary like Cole Swider, um, Matt Ryan type dude. So let's say the Lakers don't retain anybody and they have $35 million. Is there anybody out of Jeremy Grant, Miles Turner, Kyrie Irving, Christian Wood, Nikola Vucevic, um, maybe even the player option guys, Chris Middleton, Draymond Green, Chris Stapps, Fred Van Vliet. Is there anybody that you, if they were available and the Lakers had $35 million, you'd say, okay, give them the $35 million. I don't think so of that list. Who would actually take it? I don't think Middleton would take it, right? But I, I don't, I don't think I would give any of those guys $35 million. I'm always, you know, more of the opinion that we should sort of break that up and get two high-quality role players instead of just seeking a third guy who's going to be, you know... It's going gonna, it's gonna to leave you with a lot of other holes elsewhere on the roster. You know, I like some of the names on there, like Kuzma, would be interesting to, you know, give him a look to bring him back. And I think you can combine him with maybe another mid-tier type of guy and start to put together like some interesting pieces around LeBron and AD again. Yeah, I think for me, okay, if I put my myself into Rob Palenka's shoes, knowing that he will probably give somebody $35 million, if I had to pick to give any, <laughs> any of these players $35 million, I would probably say Fred Van Vliet would be at the top of the list if he opted out of his player option. Mm-hmm. Would you be okay with Fred Van Vliet? I would be okay with him. How is he defensively? Uh, I think he's scrappy, but I I can't speak too much. He's only 28, so it's not too bad either. He gets like he gets a lot of steals actually, so I feel like he's scrappy and he has sort of that bulldozer, bulldog sort of body. So, yeah. um, I almost feel like he's Kyle Lowry, but like Kyle Lowry in his prime, sort of. So, yeah. 
35 million I can work with, but I feel like he may even get the max, which isn't 35 million, obviously. But if we had to, I'd give it to Fred Van Vliet, and then like three rungs down, I'd give it to Chris Middleton. But Chris Middleton's like already 31, so that's tricky. But I think I'm with you in re- with regards to, okay, would you give any of these players 25 million? Because I have in the $25 million range guys like Miles Turner, Chris Stapps Porzingis, Christian Wood, Vucevic, and Gary Trent Jr., and maybe even Kyle Kuzma. Do you see those guys um, fitting into that allotment, and who would you want? And so we'll have $25 million to give one of those guys, maybe $10 left over for another dude, and then we can make use of the room exception of $5 million to maybe re-sign one of our guys in Patrick Beverly or Lonnie Walker or something. But do Miles Turner, Chris Tapps, Christian Wood, Vucevic, Gary Trent, Cal Kuzma move the needle for you if you had to give them like 25-ish? I think Gary Trent I'm interested in. I also am sort of interested in Miles Turner. Um, Kuzma, I feel like at 25 is maybe a little bit high. Mm-hmm. I think with both Miles Turner and Chris Tapps, actually, I'll say like, I'm sort of interested to see in how their years go this year, because if they can stay healthy and prove that they can stay healthy, they're both still relatively young guys. Um, And so like that would give me a lot more faith into giving them, you know, that sort of deal. Um, But anyway, I I would probably go with Trent or one of those two guys. Um, But yeah, I mean, I like multiple guys on that list. Yeah. Christian Wood is another guy that I want to see TBD what his season looks like. Uh, But, you know, there is kind of that stigma against him that he's a bit of a head case, but it seems like he's doing pretty well off the bench with Dallas. But yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, In the $20 million range, let's say the Lakers reserve $20 million. I think this is probably where you'd slot Kuzma in better, right? Um, Out of the $20 million range in this tier, I kind of slotted Kuzma, Harrison Barnes, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and Draymond Green I don't know if Draymond Green would actually take this but if he opts out of his one year he'll likely want a multi-year contract Um, but what are your thoughts on that grouping and are you afraid of the Lakers putting more money on the table for Draymond Green for like three years yeah I'm staying the f away from Draymond Green (laughs) (laughs) um I I don't love Bogdanovich either, really, at that number. I, I, I do like Kuzma, though. I And this is not just, like, former Laker homerism. I mean, Kuzma yeah, no. is such a versatile player. He's gotten more and more cons- consistent. He's, you know, continued to thrive in his roles on different teams. And I feel like bringing him back to AD and LeBron, you're just bringing back, like, a completely new player. It's like those scenes in Dragon Ball Z where Goku would be like exercising in the, uh, in space for like 20 episodes. And then all of a sudden he would come back and he'd be like completely different and way more powerful. And that, that would be like Kuzma. Yeah. Or he's like doing one of those karate kid montage scenes where he's training and all of a sudden you get the more fully realized version of Kyle Kuzma who's probably worth $20 million. No, I, I think he's at the top of my list as well. And then with the $20 million, you have $15 million left over. And I think with that, I would really work hard on retaining some of our guys this year. You know, I know it's still early, but like, would you be okay with giving 8 to $10 million to Lonnie Walker if he keeps up this pace? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I mean, you, you sign a guy like Kyle Kuzma, bring back Lonnie Walker. You still have the room exception of around 4 to $5 million. And if Troy Brown continues to prove himself, maybe you give him that. Or if Patrick Beverly rebounds, rebounds into form, maybe you give him that. And I think you're starting to work with some sort of, you know, 
better fitting, better balanced roster with some continuity and cohesion as well. And the good thing about Austin Reeves is his cap hold is only going to be like $2 million. So the Lakers can go above the cap to sign him for whatever he's going to be worth. And, you know, maybe he makes, I don't know, what do you think he's worth right now? Like five to seven million in that range at this point? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so keep Austin Reeves, obviously, as well. And I think you're starting to work with something there. Um, but yeah, this just goes to show you the the free agency market this upcoming summer is quite barren. And you really have to kind of stretch your mind to even find amalgamations and configurations of guys who will move the needle for a continuingly aging LeBron James and Anthony Davis, you know? So in your mind, is it worth it for the Lakers to preserve $35 million or do you want them to just go this like Cal Kuzma route and then round out the roster however way they can, or maybe even just not even go with any of these guys. And if the guys have proven themselves this year or whoever they end up trading for in this season, just retain, continue to retain those guys and see what you can do uh, with whatever money you have left over. I, I mean, look, we've discussed this before. I think we both maybe sort of agree that the whole cap space preservation plan is really just like a veiled attempt at getting under the repeater tax and, you know, avoiding. No. <laughs> you know, Don't bring up the words repeater tax. Yeah. But yes, you're right. You know what I mean? So it. That's I think so that like, well, the smartest, the, like objectively, in my opinion, the smartest thing, right, with inflation, inflation's hitting the NBA too. Um, but, you know, guys' contracts, they do. They go higher and higher and higher every year. There are cap jumps coming, but the cap jumps are not going to be dramatic ones like the where the Warriors got KD. They're going to like slowly phase in the cap jumps, but they're coming. And so if you get a guy who's been under contract for like a couple years or he's locked in for like three more years at like current market rates or like last summer market rates, like I feel like that's a pretty valuable asset moving forward. All You know, I think what really going over this list with you kind of drove home for me was it's not like you're taking that 35 million or whatever the max we're going to have available is like 30 to 35 million and turning that into like three good players. You know, I feel like people in their minds are like, Oh, we're going to get like three or four solid role players. It's like, no, no, no. Austin Reeves is like a fourth of that. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like you're getting three Austin Reeves. Yeah. You're getting like, which is not like a horrible thing, but you're not getting like, Kyle Kuzma and Chris Stapps and like, you know, all like retaining your own guys. Like you, you don't have enough space to do all that. So to me, it's like you have some rights, you know, I don't know what we're going to do with Kendrick Nunn, but you theoretically, you have his rights. You have some rights with respect to Lonnie. You have some rights with respect to Austin. You know, if you can just like take on some more ongoing salary at current market rates, I feel like in a few years, you're just going to be positioned in a pretty good spot. I bet. I don't know. You know, obviously I think there are other motivations here. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. It'll be interesting to see how the Lakers, what the Lakers do the rest of this season, if they actually pull off a trade and what they do with their cap space in 2023, because they do have some options and they do have their first round draft pick to trade as well on draft night that they can position. They can also take back salary with that cap space, you know, if they want to use it um, for, maybe a star disgruntled star who still has a couple years left and a team wants to get rid of him. So they could use their cap space in that sense, but we shall see. Let's take it to break. And when we return, let's quickly look at some trades. I'm not sure if they'll still be relevant at the time of this recording or at the time that this episode comes out, but we'll do it anyways. I have some 
non-Westbrook trades to throw your way and some Westbrook trades as well. With regards to the Westbrook trades, I'm going to try some new ones that haven't been off talked about. So I'm not going to rehash like Westbrook to the Spurs, Indiana or Charlotte again. I have some potential new ideas as well as a potential non-Westbrook ancillary trade ideas. So I'm also not going to rehash the off talked about none for Cam Reddish trade. So uh, we will catch you guys after the break. Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, so we are back. Tommy, I have some non-Westbrook trade options for you. If Westbrook and Benchbrook, this thing is still riding hot. Um, I'll just bullet point, give you the list of all my options, and you tell me if any of them interest you. You ready? Yes. Kendrick Nunn, Patrick Beverly. That's $18 million outgoing. And maybe you have to put in a 2027 first. Maybe you can top five protect it. So let's just say Kendrick Nunn, Patrick Beverly, 2027 first for Eric Gordon and Kevin Martin Jr. of the Houston Rockets. So Kevin Martin is sort of that small forward, power forward, young guy with potential. And then Eric Gordon is more sort of like who you thought Patrick Beverly was going to be, but a more reliable shooter and scorer. So any thoughts on that? It Throwing in the first round pick for me depends on how our season's looking at that point, I guess, when this trade comes mm-hmm. up. Because if you look like you're a contender, I think that trade makes you a lot better. I think, like, yeah. you know, Patrick Beverly, to me, has been kind of a letdown so far. He's been okay defensively. Um, the main thing he brings is he's just, like, a... He's a guy who's willing to go to war with his teammates, which is, like, it, you know, he, he seems like a solid teammate, but... He has not been delivering anything offensively. He's been super, super bad, and he was bad most of the year last year in Minnesota from three. So I think you get a lot better with that trade. Yeah, and I really like um, Kevin Martin Jr.'s potential. Um, What is his age, actually? Let me... Wait, is it... What is his name? Kenyon Martin Jr.? Sorry, I said Kevin Martin. It's Kenyon Martin Jr. Duh, that makes sense. Yeah, sorry. Kenyon Martin Jr. and Eric Gordon. He's only 21 years old. He's 6'7 with like a 6'9 wingspan. Uh, pretty versatile player. So getting like a young upside play along with Eric Gordon would be, I feel like, a pretty good get. Uh, but yeah, the, the first round pick of it all kind of makes it tricky. Okay, I, I lied to you. So I'll just go down the rung and then you tell me. Uh, go down this whole bullet list of options and then you tell me if any stand out to you. Patrick Beverly and Kendrick Nunn, no first-round picks attached for Jay Crowder and Dario Saric. I don't know if the Suns would do this, but let's just say all these teams hypothetically agree to it. So Pat Bev and Nunn for Jay Crowder and Dario Saric. Nunn, Wenyan for Otto Porter Jr. and Juancho Hernan Gomez. Or 
Thaddeus Young and Juancho Hernan Gomez of the Raptors since they literally have eight, six, eight plus guys. I think a lot of Lakers fans would probably want to go after Chris Boucher, but I don't think you can get him. He just signed a new contract with them. But yeah, none Wenyan for Otto Porter Jr. slash Thaddeus Young and Juancho Hernan Gomez. None Patrick Beverly for Nerlens Noel, Alec Burks, and maybe Rodney Magruder. Kind of seems like a lateral move to me, but I'll just throw that out there. And then Kendrick Nunn for Daniel Gafford of the Washington Wizards. Throw in Vernon Carey and Todd Gibson to make the salaries work. But Daniel Gafford is interesting to me as just this upside JaVale McGee-ish type play. But um, your thoughts on any of those groupings. So Pat Bev and Nunn for Jay Crowder and Dario Saric. Nunn and Wenyan for Otto Porter Jr. and Juancho Hernan Gomez or Thaddeus Young. Nunn and Pat Bev for Nerlens Noel, Alec Burks, and Rodney Magruder. And then Kendrick Nunn for Daniel Gafford, Vernon Carey, and Todd Gibson. That's a lot of options. Okay, I think mm-hmm. I like the Saric and and uh, and Crowder one. I actually don't love Crowder as a player, but it just makes too much sense to like swap for more positional need. Um, you know, two guys who could like legit be very strong rotation players for us. Um, and you know, you don't you still get you keep some of that defense because you still have Crowder and a motivated and sort of angry Jay Crowder too. Um, mm-hmm. And I like the second. Don't give the bunny um, a gun. This is what happens when you give a bunny a gun or whatever the heck you yeah, like exactly. <laughs> I I, I kind of like the second uh, Raptors trade, which I think was Porter and um, uh, Thaddeus Young. Bo Cruz. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I kind of like that one too. Um, all the other ones I feel like are equally fine. Um, but yeah, those are the two that maybe stood out to me. Yeah, and it's important to note that we don't also just want to sell Kendrick Nunn at his lowest point. Maybe by this point, he's turned things around, and he he still has utility on this team. I think it's just a rough stretch right now. But yeah, so those are some potential ancillary non-Westbrook trades to look at. Let's move on to the Westbrook trades using one first. I'm not even going to do the two first thing anymore, although maybe some of these deals will require it. But here are some new ones to think of. What do you think of Westbrook and a first to the Nets for some combo of Royce O'Neal, Seth Curry, Joe Harris, and take your pick of like Nick Claxton, Utah Watanabe, and Kessler Edwards? I mean, it's interesting. I anytime you could take one guy and get a bunch of guys for you know depth on a team that sorely needs depth, I'm I'm pretty interested. And especially if you, I don't know if the Nets would do it, but if you can get Nick Claxton because we do need a big even though Nick Claxton is a terrible free throw shooter and can't space the floor. Um, I think it's a deal worth pursuing because you get shooting, you get size, and you get that big man. Again, it hinges on whether Rob Palenka would be willing to give up that first. Okay, here is another one. Russell Westbrook to the Orlando Magic for Chumo Keke. Some combo of Jonathan Isaac, Mo Bamba, and Terrence Ross because the Lakers have been trying to trade for Terrence Ross they for love forever. Terrence Ross, yeah. I don't know if we have to give give up a first round pick, but let's just assume maybe we do just to dump Russell Westbrook. But at least you're getting Chuma Okiki at six seven, uh, Mo Bamba, ten million dollars per. I think next year is non guaranteed. Look, he sucks this year. He's not doing well at all, and Bull Bull is actually outplaying him. So maybe. Uh, Maybe we should be a little bit cautious on that end. But to take a flyer on Chumo Kiki, Mo Bamba, Terrence Ross, who gives you the shooting, maybe I'd do it. I don't know if they're ready to give up on Jonathan Isaac. It seems like he's been injured for the last three years and hasn't seen the court. But, yeah, what are your thoughts on that one? Um, 
I mean, again, it, it's turning one guy into so much depth, and a lot of these guys are you're, that you're mentioning are better than what we have, or if not, if not better players necessarily, like certainly better at positions of need. Um, so, I, I would probably be pretty interested in that trade too. Yeah, because of all the length, and these guys are all kind of young, except for Terrence Ross. But you get back shooting with Terrence Ross in some respects. Um, okay, two more. Westbrook, Wenyan, and a 2027 first four. And this trade actually works out, but I don't think... I think we'll probably have to find a three, a third team or add on more players on our end because it's... Logistically, it just doesn't make sense right now, but I'll throw it out anyways. Westbrook, Wenyan, and a 2027 first to the Sacramento Kings for Harrison Barnes, Rashawn Holmes, Alex Len, Terrence Davis, and Trey Lyles. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, but really, it, really, it's about Harrison Barnes and Rashawn Holmes, and maybe Terrence Davis. You know, I mean, I would, I think I would obviously do that trade, um, <laughs> especially if it, you think it maybe is going to help you retain Harrison Barnes for for next year. Yeah, I would too. Harrison Barnes has taken a dip this year. He's not doing as well, obviously, as he was last year. He was shooting forty percent from three, but. It's a good stopgap for this year. And again, even if you have to give up a first to dump Westbrook, you still have that other first in your arsenal. And you can package some of these guys that you traded for maybe at the trade deadline later, you know. But at least you took care of step one of breaking Russell Westbrook's contract up and then maybe being able to do step two with that other first and have these guys like Rashawn Holmes, who's making $11 million, and Harrison Barnes, who's making $18 million, as salary ballast that you can attach that other first to to get the guy you really want. And in the meantime, your roster is more competent and balanced, right? Um, my last one to you is actually an option that you threw my way, so I'm spitting it back out at you. But what are your thoughts on Westbrook? And this is the one trade where I'm not only doing one first. I'm throwing both firsts in, Okay. Westbrook, two firsts, Max Christie, pick swaps, whatever, for Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Darius Baisley, and Muscala, and Kenrich Williams, whatever you have to throw in to make the salaries work. Yeah, I would sell, I would trade all of it for Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I think, I mean, (laughs) I actually was chatting with you at some point, and I was like, you know, on draft night, as this team continues to move off and Shea continue to part ways in terms of their timelines, like... On draft night, we will have our 2023 first rounder, 2027, and 2029 that will be eligible to be traded. Um, if there's any way that OKC is looking for a Shea Gilgis Alexander trade, I'm jumping in on that with three first round picks for sure. Yep, I would do it as well. I think he's like, gosh, he's averaging like 30 something plus points and. Yeah, he's he's really he just, really I good. I mean, he keeps getting better and better every year. He plays both sides of the floor. He has this like weird game that you kind of like it defies my mind's like ability to understand basketball because <laughs> it, it doesn't, doesn't look, look pretty, right? His jump shot is not nice. So. Yeah, and I guess look, I guess his three point shooting percentage has dipped a little bit, thirty two percent, but he's still a career thirty five percent and. Yeah, you know, six assists per game, five rebounds per game, two and a half steals, one block, 32 points. Like, he's only 24 years old. Like, use this is the type of guy you, like, sell the farm for, in my opinion. And you're like, you know, 24-year-old point guard is going to be your future in the post-LeBron years can help, like, you know, if you're going to keep AD. Like, you just make that transition seamless. So I trade everything for him. Yeah, and I think he's actually sick and tired of waiting around with OKC, right? And I'm assuming at some point they want to put their hat in the ring or their name in the hat 
for Wembanyama, right? And it kind of solves multiple things and allows Westbrook to have this sort of, you know, retirement tour, one last one last ceremony with OKC Thunder where he feels good about himself and the fans embrace him. But but yeah, Shea is almost like one of these new age guards, sort of like Tyrese Halliburton, where you're like, this shot looks wonky, but it's going in and they're doing a lot of really good things on the floor on both ends. You know what I mean? Um, and Shea is making that Clippers deal where the Clippers traded like Shea and a bunch of first round picks for Paul George and also, you know, quote unquote, keeping Kawhi Leonard. At this point, I'm pretty sure the Clippers would undo that trade, right? <laughs> Just to get Shea back and all those picks back because it's not looking good for the state of Kawhi, unfortunately, due to health reasons. But yeah, I, I think Shea is making that trade look lopsided but for the OKC Thunder. So it's kind of crazy. Shea is averaging 7.4 free throw attempts per game. And he's shooting 98% on his free throws so Ooh, far. <laughs> this dude is 98%. just like... 98%. And he just gets better and better and better every year. And he's only 24. I mean, he's... It really... I feel like he doesn't get talked about enough because he's an OKC. But he's the only reason that team's competitive in these random games. Yeah. And also, he would be literally the torchbearer for exiting out of Anthony Davis and LeBron James um, era, right? So, yeah, I would also sell the farm at this point, build around Shea Gilgis, get him in now if you can midseason because hopefully OKC wants to tank for Wembanyama and see what you can do. But this is definitely one of those moves that helps you in the short term, but most especially in the long term as well. So make it happen. And with that said, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving feast and is enjoying time with friends and family. Sorry if this episode at the time that it comes out is not so time specific and relevant because maybe all these players we talked about are traded elsewhere and we don't even have Russell Westbrook on the roster but regardless this is a stopgap episode and <laughs> yeah uh, enjoy your time eating turkey and honey baked ham so with that said Tommy we'll catch you later see you in December peace laters <laughs>